Good morning. Our first reading is from um, the, it's the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 through 31, and that can be found on page 715 of the Church's Bibles. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretched, out, he stretched out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither, and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Our epistle lesson is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 through 27, and that can be found on page 1134 of the Church's Bibles. For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simple discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge, and so not make full use of my rights as a preacher of the gospel. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, so to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am, I am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings." Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. 
And today's gospel is from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. And that can be found on page 991 of the Church's Bibles. And in respect to the gospel, please rise. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary, solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Here ends our reading. Please remain standing for... What beautiful imagery from that song. That's where you are. That's where you are because you have God's grace and you have his peace and you have his mercy and love in our Lord and our Savior Jesus. We're going to look at that Old Testament lesson for today from Isaiah chapter 40, and I'd like to read again just verses 30 and 31. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Let's pray. Father in heaven, may these words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength and our rock, our redeemer. Amen. So raise your hand if you have a deep concern for our young people and all of the challenges that they face today in growing up safely and ultimately becoming an adult to live in this world. Raise your hand if you have concerns. I kind of thought so. You know, personally, I grew up in the 50s and 60s, back when there was Ozzy and Harriet and Leave it to Beaver and Father Knows Best, and the only thing the Beatles wanted to do was to hold your hand. <laughs> now, I, no, it wasn't a utopia, that's to be sure, not at all, but I have to say, that by comparison, the time when I grew up was much simpler and more safe than the time I'm watching our grandchildren grow up in. You raise your hand, you have a care about your kids. So does God. Here's what triggered this message about God's care for the young. One night on a newscast, when we were out in Phoenix, they were featuring a report about the growing, increasing violence among teens in the valley, as they call it, in the Phoenix area. And it was shocking and, and tragic and, and just 
pained your heart to, to see the, that increase in violence. It troubled teens. But also the words of Isaiah triggered it as, as well. These words of today were written a long time before there was anything like social media or serious conversations about one's gender identity and all the pressures that kids today are facing. And, and yet, it was not all good when Isaiah wrote these words some 700 years before the time of Christ. It wasn't all good because he notes that even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. And the question that comes to my mind is this, what's burdening the hearts and the minds of our young people today? What's making them tired? What's wearing them out? What's causing them to stumble and to fall? As I thought about that, even though times are definitely, were definitely different back in Isaiah's day from today, I do believe that some of the same things that make kids weary today was making kids weary back then. I mean, after all, kids are kids. And kids today are no more sinners than were kids back in Isaiah's day. And living in a sinful world, as it was in Isaiah's day, is no different than living in a sinful world today. It is, as Ecclesiastes say, there's nothing new. There is nothing new under the sun. So it's just my observation as I was thinking, what's making kids tired and weary? One of the things I think that makes kids stumble and fall today is the practice of making comparisons. Kids compare themselves to other kids. They, they compare their looks to the guy or the gal who's getting all the dates. They compare their abilities against those who seemingly can succeed and prosper at anything they choose to do. They compare the friends that they have with the list of friends that the popular kids all have. And they look at their clothes and they compare their clothing with the ones who are the trendsetters, you know, the ones who always seem to have the latest in fashion. And when, in their opinion, they come up lacking, they're not as handsome, they're not as pretty, they're not as popular, not as gifted or talented. They're not dressed as, as cool as others are. They grow weary. And they fall into what I will simply call are the pits. Now here's another thing I think makes our kids today stumble and fall. And I'm going to preface this by saying this is a hard one to talk about because I fit the definition of this one. Children and young people, they need quality time. They need to be loved and they need to be affirmed. And more than just with words, they need time to affirm them. And when those affirmations are lacking, those expressions of 
love are lacking. When parents get too busy with their careers and their professions so that their kids are always finishing in second place to those kinds of things, children grow weary and tired and they stumble and they fall. Now it strikes me that the same things that can weary and tire young people and make them stumble and fall are, are also some of the same things that can make older people grow tired and weary and, and prone to stumbling and falling. Old, old folks like me, we are not exempt from making comparisons with other people in retirement and how smooth retirement is going for them or how they're blessed with better health than I am or how their kids seem to be more supportive than my kids are. And older folks need to be affirmed as well that they are loved and that they are special and that they are needed and we need that on a daily basis. Now from what Isaiah wrote, I think Isaiah accepted this as a given, that older folks would get tired and weary and stumble and fall from life's burdens, and that older folks would also stumble and fall under the weight of those burdens. But his choice of words tells me that he believed younger people were just as susceptible to growing tired and stumbling and falling. Note his words, he says, even, even youths grow tired. Not only old people, but even youths grow tired and weary. And even young men stumble and fall, but... But, that's an important word in Scripture, but, it always signals God stepping in. But, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not be faint. Why? Because God is that faithful and that wise. Because God is that observant and that caring. Because God is that strong and that gracious. Because God is that good at loving us unconditionally. Because God is that involved in our lives. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Regarding God's strength and wisdom, Isaiah wrote this, To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He's that wise and he's that powerful. Regarding God's care and attention being focused on each and every person as though they were the only person in the room with him, Isaiah wrote this, He who brings out the starry host one by 
one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. As he does with the stars, knows them one by one, he does with us, knows us one by one. Concerning his tireless love and attention and intimate knowledge of each and every one of us, Isaiah wrote this, The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. And concerning his gracious intervention in our lives, when we are tired and weary and about to stumble and fall, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. That's God's care for his children, young and old alike. And that care, that love, that power, that understanding, that faithfulness was most evident in that one act of supreme sacrifice when God gave us his son, Jesus Christ, to be our savior. And Jesus entered this sinful world and took on our sin. And in taking on our sin, he lived and then he died to pay the full price for our sin so that we could be forgiven and restored as God's redeemed children. And then he rose again from the grave to give us the gift of everlasting life. Now there's a, a, a very daunting and challenging set of questions that Isaiah poses in this text, not once, but twice, so as to emphasize the importance of these questions as he talks about the strength God gives to the weary and the tired. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? How do you want your kids and grandkids to be able to answer those questions? How do you want the young people of this congregation to be able to answer those questions? How do you want the youth of our community to be able to answer those questions? We want to be able, them to be able to answer them in the affirmative, don't we? Yes, we've heard. Yes, we know. Yes, we trust in God's mighty power. We need to make sure that our kids and our grandkids know that about God. Don't we? We need to tell them. We need to show them with our lives as we live out our own lives of faith. We need to pray for them. We need to pray with them. We need to come alongside of them. We need to share God's word with them in a setting like this, worship, but also in the setting of your home. Families gathered around the word for devotion and prayer. When they make comparisons of themselves to others, we need to remind them 
that they are God's forgiven and redeemed children. And that's where their value and self-esteem comes from. We need to affirm for them that they have all of God's love and that God loves them unconditionally. We help, need to help them learn about God's strength and about God's faithfulness and about God's perfect understanding and about his gracious invite to them to just trust him, to trust him and he will be there for them. You know, all of this, I think, is beautifully summed up in Psalm 78. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, what we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done, so that the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children, then they would put their trust in God. Even youths grow tired and weary. And even young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Such is God's care for his children. You know, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite word pictures of the Bible. And it's, these words have made them way into so many paintings. It powerfully captures and expresses God's care, especially for children. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Now, here's the part I really love. And he took the children up into his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. He's got your children in his arms right now, doesn't he? And his hands are on them so as to bless them because that's his care for his children so that they can put their trust in him and no matter how old you are that includes you too doesn't it he's got his hands on you to bless you so that you can put your trust in him such is his care for his children, no matter what age you are. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.